from the point of view of the ad is we're tailoring it towards the people that we want to go after with the problem that we want them to have. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 70. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. One of the big things that membership site owners like us struggle with is getting members to join in the first place because that's that extra monthly bill. It's stressful. It's-, it's very difficult. And everyone's got their own opinion on what the perfect offer is to get people to just give it a shot. <laughs> hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. Really excited to be back in your ear holes for the big 7-0. The big 7-0. Rob, you've made it through Edinburgh Fringe. Yes, indeed. It's finally, finally an end. <laughs> finally at an end. Had a had great a, time though. You had a good run? Bloody tired. Yes. Worn out. Lots of people. Hypnotized lots of people. Had lots of fun. Had very little sleep. <laughs> and now it's time to sleep for an entire... Oh no, no. I'm back on tour in a minute. So no, you're, that's not you're true You're back on tour in a minute. We're talking about membership sites. You've had a membership site for a long time. Yeah, I've just actually started a new one, which is very exciting. Oh, very good. Yeah, so first, get- first members through the door. And uh, actually, I'm not doing any of it from Facebook ads right now. It's all happening from email marketing to my existing tribe. Mate, I think that's about to change. And it is about to change because today we chatted with Gavin Bell. Yes. Who's really? from Edinburgh. Who's from Edinburgh. And I got to hang out with him in Edinburgh. Yes, you did. How lovely did you chat. Lovely, lovely, lovely chat. Yeah. Lovely, lovely guy. I'm jealous that I wasn't there for, for that. So we are talking about turning cool traffic, we're turning cool people into members, but there's some really good stuff that Gavin talks about in the interview to do with other really amazing things to do with your members and Facebook ads. I'm going to leave the tease just there. And we get to cover a bunch of stuff. We get to cover that cool traffic stuff, but yes. we also get to cover what about the people who don't buy. We get to cover about you know your existing audience from other places too. Really, really, yes. really And good there was stuff. a big aha moment for Kennedy when it comes to running events. Yes, there was, there was, we're going we're gonna to leave my aha hanging in the air till, till, we, uh, till we get to that point. Mm. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving us the reviews across all of the platforms. Hello to all you new listeners. Please go ahead, leave us a review on wherever it is you leave your reviews or you listen to the podcast. That lets us know that you're a new listener. Celebration time. We'll give you a name chat. We'll give you a shout out. That'll be fabulous. But before we go any further, we need to leave you with a bit of inspiration. Something to get you going for the rest of the next seven days. And that's going to be in the form of Rob's fabulous quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, don't let potted plants flourish in semi-retired backpacks. There you go. That'll get you going. That's really going to set you up for the rest of the week. Thanks for that, Rob. Very You're welcome. I mean, now that you're feeling inspired and pumped and ready to go, uh, we've got something really cool we'd love to tell you about. And that is that we are once again running a a really cool upcoming free training. By the way, thanks for all the great feedback on the training. We we, we really love giving it. Mm. It's a free web training class that we're running. It's called How to Double Your Sales with Email Marketing or words to that effect. Something like that, isn't it? It's How to Double Your Sales with Email Marketing or at least how we doubled our sales with email marketing. Results are not typical. As and they have uh, to say. Other, 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 other internet marketing <laughs> disclaimers. Other marketers are available. Yes. Um, so if you've been like doing email marketing or you've been thinking about doing email marketing and you're just sort of struggling to get the results that you used to get or you're struggling to get the results that you read about people getting. Yes. Or maybe you just, you've been doing the same thing for a little while and you want a new campaign, a new way of reinvigorating and breathing a new lease of life into your existing subscribers. We've got some really good campaigns to share with you on the upcoming training. It's free to attend as you can come along as our guest as I listen to this podcast, just go register. Uh, yeah, it's at responsesuite.com forward slash webinar. You'll be able to hang out with us for a bit and see what we've got to offer. Yeah, we've, we're running it at various days and times coming up. So choose a day and time that works best for you. So that all said, let's, we, we did hang out with, with Gavin and we're going to speak to him now. 
Gavin Bell, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Woo, yeah. <laughs> How's it going? There's the adoring fans. How's it going, man? It is going great, and it is a pleasure to be here. The pleasure's all ours. I want to talk to you, obviously, today about Facebook ads, but specifically, I want to talk to you, Gavin, about membership sites. Tell you why. I've got a quick story for you. I've been running a membership site for the past few years, and I've found that it's very difficult to run, for me, to run cold Facebook ads or cold ads of any description, really, and get people to go from cold on the internet to paying me monthly. And I've got a sort of limiting belief, I think it is, in my head, which is because nobody wants another monthly bill. So the only way I've been able to make it work is by going cold Facebook ad into a one-off product so that they like sort of get, get used to sort of trusting me with handing over their cash and then upselling and cross-selling them into membership. Is there another way of doing this? Yeah, so I think the, the main thing that you need to think about is the commitment level required by the person and also who the person is and how they typically buy as well. So the way that you've done it is a great way. I mean, typically, I mean, you actually are turning cold people into membership products. You're just doing it through a different different means. But there's various different ways we can do it. And, and one of the ways that I'm finding works really well right now for my membership site is actually running cold traffic to a $1 offer. Okay. Uh, the purpose of that is because the commitment level required to hand over one, $1 mm. is next to nothing. And so what I'm saying is I can acquire new members to my academy for the price of their first month. Okay. Then turns into a maths game because I'm, actually when it comes to Facebook ads, funnels, and membership sites in general, you really want to get it into a maths game where you know exactly how much you're spending to acquire a customer, mm-hmm. the lifetime value of a customer, and is that, do those numbers tie up or not? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get people in cold from a $1 product, and, and get them in for, for example, the first month price. If they stay longer than a month, then then you're in profit. That's not necessarily to say that's the only way, but it's certainly a way. But it, again, it comes back down to that um, commitment levels required. If if your membership is maybe say two hundred pounds a month, two hundred dollars a month, hmm. then it's a larger commitment. So the one dollar trial, even though it's just the one dollar trial, people know it's two hundred dollars coming up. It's maybe too big a gap, so that's maybe where we need to put something like a webinar first in place or like you've done and sell a, a product up front. Okay, so let's think about that $1 trial is going from cold membership. First of all, what, what would you say is that limit of how much the regular rebuild is going to be? What would you say that's quite comfortable in your, in your testing? I think around the 49 to $69 a month, I've seen that work for right. Brilliant. And, and this is all purely digital content, I'm assuming. So that's really, that's really good. So obviously the cost of actually deliverables is quite good. And how long do you leave the trial for? Is it a full month for the dollar or is it seven days, 14 days, 10 days, half a day? What is it? So I go, I mean, in my, what I've done in my testing is seven days. I've not mm-hmm. actually tested anything other than that, but I wouldn't go any longer than seven days. And the reason I wouldn't go any longer than seven days is because the level of commitment required is minimum, mm. are going to get people buying that $1 trial that actually aren't probably very serious about joining your academy. So you're probably going to get things like competitors paying a dollar to get access to your academy, seeing what's going on in there. Sure. You're going to get people that just want to spend a dollar, see what's in there, and then they'll leave straight away. Mm. And so 
because the commitment level isn't very high, it does mean that you're going to get people that aren't that great. So you want to give that trial period to a minimum. Give them yeah. a time. For example, in, in my academy, I have a, a weekly group call. So the seven days allows that person to get in, get comfortable, and attend a call if they want to. Mm. If you do something similar, I'd recommend that, but I wouldn't go any longer than seven because you get an idea in seven days whether a product's going to be for you or not. And with this seven-day, one-dollar trial, I'm curious as to how they go about cancelling that. So if you're driving a good quantity, a good volume of new people signing up for a dollar, but we know that they are, by, by, by you know, regular standards, they're quite low on that sort of qualified list. They might be competitors, they might be people just merely curious. We're going to have to be dealing, if they can't just go and cancel their own membership from right inside your platform, however you're delivering it, then you are going to be dealing with a lot of customer support, aren't you? So do we have to be prepared for that or do you let people just cancel from within the membership site itself? Yeah, you know what, I've, actually, I've done both. And, and what I've found is when people have to go via you, yes, there's a lot of customer service there. If you're in the early stages of a membership site, though, I think that can be really valuable. Definitely. Because what you do is you just reply to their email and say, yeah, of course, no problem. Why are you looking to leave? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you always get really interesting insights there. Sometimes it's good things, sometimes it's bad things, but we can take lessons from that. Um, however, going to a, a, a model where they can cancel themselves, I actually think is a better model because it, it makes it, although it makes it easier for that person to leave, it means a lot less work on your end, which means yes. we focus on, on the fun side of things, which is mm-hmm. trying to drive more people in through ads, but also improving the experience for the people that are in there by doing things like creating better content for them. So I, I'm, a, I'm, a bigger, I'm a big fan and of focusing on letting people cancel themselves, but also having chasing up emails, autoresponders asking why. So we still get some of that feedback coming back. Um, but the amount of time you're spending on customer support is much lower. Absolutely. I mean, of course, you could always uh, ask, uh, send a survey to them. I mean, Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So as part of this, I, have you tested from Facebook ads st- sending just stone cold, tar- you know, interest targeted traffic? Or are you also doing a bunch of retargeting for people who've been through a certain bit of process? And uh, like, have you found that they both work? Obviously, obviously, we know warm traffic is going to work better. Have you found that they're both working? Or have you said, actually, do you know what? I'm putting all of my attention just on cold traffic right now. What are you testing on? What's the results from that? Yeah, so whenever you're creating any, any Facebook campaign, you, you want to focus on two parts, which is your warm part and your cold part. Uh, warm being that people nice. know who we are, retargeting. And that can be as broad as people that have engaged with us on Instagram, to as granular as people that have come to our checkout, entered their details, but haven't actually purchased. And actually, even though that's just retargeting, the messages that you send to those two specific groups of people are going to be very different. Someone's just engaged with your Instagram, or someone has actually come and started the buying process, but haven't purchased. That's two different things. So you, you always, always, always want to start with your retargeting campaigns, your warm audiences, mm-hmm. especially if we're talking about member sites, membership sites, you're going to have a lot of people coming to your page if you're creating content, viewing your content, and you are going to get people coming in, you know, starting the process of creating an account, but not actually purchasing for whatever reason. And so using retargeting ads to bring those people back is always, it's so important and the results that you get for that 
are are always always really good like that in my experience of running retargeting ads for for membership sites you're typically talking like less depends on who you're on who you're targeting but if, if we're going for like initiate checkouts so people that have gone and started the initiate checkout process but not purchase you're talking like a couple of pounds to bring them back and actually purchase now the only problem with retargeting is that it's not scalable because it's purely based on the number of people that you've already got in your audience and so that's why we start with the retargeting but we also have a cold campaign as well and that cold campaign is going to take is going to look slightly different depending on your your um, membership site, the industry and things that we're going into and your price point. For example, if we've got a price point of 49 to 69, we can maybe try a $1 trial. If we've got a membership site that is actually something like 297 per month, then maybe we need a webinar to convert that person because we need to provide an enormous amount of value to that person, have them in an intimate place before we try and sell to them. Or maybe our membership's $97 a month. Maybe we actually just need to provide them something like a free guide and then retarget them after the free guide into a trial. So we've got our warm and our cold audiences uh, or campaigns always, but how they how they um, are built comes down to those things that I just talked about, our price point, the people we're going after, uh, and their kind of purchasing behavior. I'd love to dive into sort of talk about how you angle the ad or the copy or the creative, because I'm sure that I know me personally, and I imagine this will be the same with you, Kennedy, and other people listening too, mm-hmm. that we, you know, so for example, most of the Facebook ads I personally run are into some sort of lead magnet, free report, some sort of opt-in. Very right. sort of early in the journey. And actually, actually, I can speak for me personally anyway, the only other ads that I run into paid offers are retargeting people wherever they fell out of a normal funnel. So if, if my funnel is free report into like a $27 offer, I'll retarget people back into that thing very much from an angle of, oh, you didn't buy this, but now's your chance to get it and, and save this money and go and grab it now. So I'm interested, I think, to say, okay, great, I'm going to do this. I've got a membership program. I want to start driving ads towards that. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into, let's imagine, for, let's start with the stone cold traffic. Yeah. Let's start with the stone cold traffic. How do you start to position that? Cause positioning a free thing is dead easy. Here's the big benefit of the thing. Would you like this for free? Go here. Yeah. How do you start to position that from an ad copy and creative perspective? Hello. Would that pay me every month? Because obviously nobody wants a monthly bill. That, that's a big thing. Yeah. So the $1 trial will certainly help with that. Of course. How do you start to position that copy and creative for this? Yeah. So what we like to do is we always think about the journey of the customer. So First of all, we've got a stranger, someone that doesn't know who we are. And at the end of the journey, we've got them as a paying customer. So first of all, we've got that gap that we need to fill. How do we fill that gap through a Facebook ad? And the best way that I like to think about it is, well, what steps do people need to take generally? And or what steps can we get them to take? And how can we break that down into as many little steps as possible? Uh, like micro commitments. So how can we get people to take micro commitments? So if we think of the first step that that person takes as being seeing our ad and clicking on it, that's the first micro commitment that they have taken towards becoming a member. They've shown some sort of interest in what we've said in our advert, but they're still nowhere near handing over cash every month. Mm-hmm. Getting, getting people to, even if it's a small monthly amount, getting people to pay a monthly fee. Like you said, no one wants another monthly thing going out. Mm. And so 
the first commitment is clicking on the ad. Now, if these people don't know who we are, that's why we then typically send them to something like a free guide because it's an easy sell for us. Like you say, here's the benefit, here's something for free and it solves a specific problem for that person. So it's great. So we know that if they're then taking that next step, giving us their name, their email address, downloading this guide, we know what problem that they, they have specifically at that moment in time. So that kind of bridges the gap a little bit more. Hmm. So the ad from that ad, from that point of view of the ad is we're tailoring it towards the people that we want to go after with the problem that we want them to have. And I always like to start that ad copy with what I call a yes question, which is what questions would our audience say answer yes to that other people wouldn't? So, okay. so let's think of... Um, Mike and Callie from the membership guys. Yes. They only want to target, well, they've got kind of different segments within their audience, but let's say that they're targeting people that purely want to start a membership site, but don't have one already. So what's a question that those people would answer yes to? Could be as simple as, do you want to start a membership site? Right. If you want to start a membership site, you're going to say yes to that. If you already have a membership site that's doing seven figures, you're not going to say yes to that. So you're going to ignore it. And what's really interesting, Gavin, just to jump in there, is the answer could be a yes, but it could be in a, in a negative way. And let me just clarify what I mean by that is, are you, are you struggling to get members to your membership site? That's a negative thing to do with picking up a struggle, but the answer to it is still yes, right? Exactly. And if they answer yes in their head to that question, we've hooked them into the ad. Great. And hopefully we'll consume the content or ad. It's going to be good enough to then go get those people to take that next action, which is perhaps a free guide or a webinar. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what we want to do is make the next commitment level as smaller as possible. So someone's probably not going to go, or people will, but not at a scalable level, are going to go from free guide to, again, monthly fee. So what is the step that we can put in front of that? Well, we've got various different options. We could do something like a free call, but if, it, if your membership's $29 a month, you probably won't, don't want to Challenging, jump. Challenging, yes. Mm-hmm. If it's... Um, you maybe want to do a phone call if it's 297 a month. Again, it depends on the commitment levels required. But let's say our membership is somewhere like $49 per month. Then what we can do is that's where we can maybe try the $1 offer there. Or we can do a free, something that's worked really well for a client of mine, scottsbaselessons.com, is we give people a free toolkit, uh, which gives them a ton of free content. And then we say, do you want a free trial to the membership? 14 days, free trial. But at that point, we take their credit card details, which means we can auto-bill them after two weeks. So they're almost becoming a customer, but the sell after that lead magnet download or the free guide is just the free trial. So That's interesting. So you kind of keep that with that theme of free, but the only real thing they're committing to is to it's go find my credit card, take it out, enter the information. But we're not asking you to go as far as we're going to charge it and we're going to suck some money out of your bank, but we're going to take that first step. That's interesting. You're breaking that bit down. Exactly. It's this, it's this psychology around these kind of micro-commitments. Exactly, micro-commitments. Now, what, like, we, what, well, what we know here is that we're going to have a bunch of ads that are running to cold traffic. We're going to have a bunch of ads that are running to people who are in our audience already. Maybe that's because they've opted in for something in the past or whatever. And then we're going to have a bunch of ads that are running to people who have been to the sales page for this program specifically, and they have 
either initiated checkout or they've just you know scrolled around the page a bit and then left. Mm-hmm. So that's three groups of people. Again, I'll just quickly recap. That's people who have no idea who you are or what the program is. Freezing cold. It's people who are warm or, warm or hot to you, but maybe not necessarily to this program. They're just in your audience. Okay. And, then the, and they've engaged with your content before. And then there's the people who are very hot, as in they've actually been to this web page before, they've looked at the offer, they understand what it is, they may have initiated the checkout like you mentioned before or not, but they at least know that this offer exists. Mm. What does that sort of campaign ad set ad structure then begin to look like sort of on a whole? Yeah, so I like to break it down into two campaigns simply, which is a cold campaign, people going after that don't know who we are. And then a warm campaign, which is our retargeting. And, and inside that would be your various different retargeting ads. Now, depending on how much you want to spend is kind of going to determine how we then break the retargeting campaign down into different ad sets. Okay. And, and it's also going to depend on your audience size as well. So if you have a small audience, uh, you know, like not that many people visiting our website, not that many people watching our videos, then you're going to want to lump all of those different audiences together into one campaign, uh, sorry, into one ad set, because it just gives Facebook more people to go after within that one ad set and also means that we can set our budget for all those audiences in one. So if you've got a smaller budget, smaller audience, which typically comes hand in hand, then it's easier just to lump those people in together. If you've got a larger budget, larger audience, so we've maybe got thousands of people visiting our website every week and thousands of people watching our videos, then actually it makes sense to break those audiences up and to have different messages going to those different audiences. For example, somebody visits your website, you can serve them an ad that says, hey, thanks for visiting my website. I saw that you were reading this blog post. Or if somebody watches your videos, you can go, you can go oh, thank you so much for watching our videos. It just, I am a massive fan when it comes to retargeting ads of being super personable and almost creepy, but not creepy. <laughs> okay. In the way of, ah, I saw you, you, uh, you're on my website. Fancy seeing you here. And then going into... Sort of acknowledge the whole fact that you know that they know kind of thing. Exactly. Like one of the best ad copy techniques you can, you can do is, or ask yourself is, how can I make myself relevant to this person? Okay. So whether that's your target, your local business and you're targeting people in Liverpool and you mention Liverpool in your ad copy or your creative is around Liverpool because immediately it's relevant to people there. Or in this case, people have been on our website and they've maybe read our blogs. We acknowledge that in the ad copy because it immediately makes us relevant. They go, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, and how's he doing this retargeting ad? That's quite cool. I'm going to click on this. That's really, 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 really cool. I like that. I like that really acknowledging that, that whole bit of where they're at and, and just being there and, and being really super hyper targeted to them. Now we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings here to play our first game of the episode. That's right. Gavin Bell, we've got a, br- we've got a brilliant new game for you. It's called Does It Ring a Bell? Right. And there you go. And what we've got, we've got a list of 10 things, some of which are bells. Some of them sound like they might be a bell, but they're not really a bell, so they would not ring a bell. And your job is to figure out, Gavin Bell, whether it's a bell or does it not ring a bell? Does it ring a bell or does it not ring a bell? Does it ring a bell? Does it not ring a bell? Does it ring? Does that make sense? Does it make that sense? makes sense, and I, I'm excited about good. it. Good. Okay, good. So here is 
Thing number one. The first one is Mingun Bell. M-I-N-G-U-N Bell. Is that a bell or is it not a bell? Mingun Bell. That sounds like a rude thing we'd say in Scotland. I'm going to say not a bell. It is a bell. It what? does ring a bell. It is, in, it is in fact a bell, yeah. The second one is Coral a Bell. Is that a bell or does it not ring a bell? That's got to be a bell. It does not ring a bell. It does not ring a bell. It's a flower. <laughs> what about... You are sticking vehemently to this, like... The opposite of the, the truth. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the opposite yeah. of right. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, okay, what about... Uh, we'll go for Tom Tower. Is that a bell or does it not ring a bell? That rings a bell. It does ring a bell. There we go. Right, we're off to the races. We're off the mark. We're starting. Next one, minor bell. M-I-N-O-R. Minor bell. Does that ring a bell or does that not ring a bell? That does not ring a bell. Correct. It's a bird. A oh, minor bell is a bird. Like a there you go. Very good. That's two, right? Okay. Bell of the ball. Is that? Does that ring a bell or does it not ring a bell? That rings a bell. Oh, I wish it was a bell. It's nice. it's just it a beautiful, a beautiful woman. attractive woman yeah. who was the bell of the ball. Next, Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell. That does not ring a bell. The Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. It's a real bell. It does ring a bell. Word. Here's the next one. Alexander Bell. Now that rings a bell. <laughs> because he invented the telephone, it's not a real bell. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. What about what about Pavlov's bell? That rings a bell. Oh, unfortunately, it's a name of an experiment. Done but by, it did feature it a did bell. Feature so a we're going to give you that because that's gonna, a bit of a trick. It question. is a bit of a I'm trick. Gonna we're going to give one. you that. Oh, that was naughty. Okay. Rob, next one. Bear the bell. That does not ring a bell. Correct. It's yes. a phrase that actually means to be like a leader. Okay. One more to go. Let's see if we can get you to five out of ten. Come on. So this one is the clan bell. That does not ring a bell. Correct. It's the name of a Scottish clan, uh, no, which is actually uh, the, the little symbol of that. It's like a hand holding a dagger. And actually, don't they, they say the phrase, bear, bear the bell? I think they're, they're sort of... They're like, anyway, so, well, that's five out of ten. Not bad at all. That's five out of ten. I'll, I'll, take, that. I'll take that. I feel like um, uh, Alexander Graham Bell, although he's not a metal bell, I feel like he's... He is a bell. Isabel. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that hanging just, just in the air. So back, right to, back to membership. Obviously, one of the things we want to make sure that we do with the magic of retargeting, we also want to make sure that we stop retargeting people once they have joined, you know, or that you know, we exclude them from those retargeting ads if they go ahead and join. That's obvious. Marketing 101, just popping it out there. Yes. So with that in mind, do you do anything? Because obviously the big thing about getting members, that's one thing, but keeping members, that's a whole different thing. Have you ever tested running ads to people once they're a member in in order to try and push them through the consumption of the content in those early sort of onboarding stages. Is Especially some- conversion from that, that free trial, that $1. Yeah, like to keep them from the $1 into the paid membership. Is that something you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and actually not just from a membership point of view, but from if someone, if we're running app install ads, getting people back on the app, all these things are really, really important. And I feel like a lot of the times... As marketers, we're quite guilty sometimes of focusing all our efforts on getting more people in as opposed to the experience that people have once they're in. And so, yeah, a simple retargeting ad you could run is anybody that visits the, uh, the welcome page once they've put in their card details, for the next three days, perhaps, you could run a retargeting ad to those people 
yeah. that coincides with your onboarding emails, your welcome emails, that just even could just be a video of you saying hello. You don't have to ask them to do anything, but you know, just the fact that they're seeing your face, you're not getting a, an ROI on that ad, but no. they're seeing your face. But it's a little bit like, Gavin, isn't it? Is it a bit like, you know, we've, now, we've got your money and now I've disappeared. You don't see me on Facebook anymore because I've got your money. It's a bit like that, you know, when you buy that car from that, you know, that horrible salesman. Like you've just, you've just, you've got my money now and I never see you again. It's the equivalent of that, isn't it? Whereas you've, you've now got them in membership and they still see you around the place. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Sending them content again or even just sending them back. Like here's a, oh, hey, thanks so much for, for joining the membership you can log in back here and the URL of the ad is taking them back to the login page. That makes sense. Or you could run ads to the Facebook group too. You know, if you've got like a Facebook community, you could run ads to there and then get them into that space. So that would be good. Looking then moving forward from that, are you somebody, I realize, you know, there are there's sort of two different models here. Some people run a membership site and they say, do you know what? Once somebody's in my membership site, it's a bit like Netflix. They're going to get access to all of my stuff and I won't charge them for anything else. Some people are even including their live event in that for free. Whereas other people have the, the opposite model, which is, okay, great. You're going to pay for my membership site. That means you get that content every month or every week that's promise to you, but you have to pay if you want to come to my event. You might get a discount, but you have to pay. Or you have to pay if you want to buy my other products and all of that stuff. Because there is that idea that because they're now already a Raven fan, they're the most qualified customers to spend more with Now, you. I don't particularly want to get into that debate, but for the people who are saying, do you know what? People who are in my membership, they just get the membership stuff and they have to buy everything else. They have to pay for tickets to my event. Sure. Presumably, are you then looking to run ads campaigns alongside their membership that are now fueling those sales and how does that sort of because presumably are they the easiest ads to so run? we're talking about running ads to complement that ascension model of moving people up yeah yeah absolutely 100 and those those types of ads are going to be your biggest return on ad spend ads you probably ever spend really yeah so you know you know when you see um like marketing gurus oh we spent three pounds and we made five hundred thousand pounds worth of sales like that's the type of ad campaign that they're running there. You've got a group of people that have already taken out your out their credit card and spent money with you. And if you have given them a good experience, they should hopefully trust you, know you very well, and, and be willing to buy from you. I'm, I'm when we talk about this, I'm presuming we're speaking about people that are doing this legitimately, not the kind of spammy buy my membership program. You don't actually get anything unless you spend five grand, then you get my mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bait and switch. I, I presume we're talking about. Kind of people with the best intentions. So yes, <laughs> if you've got an audience of people that have already spent money and already enjoy your content and you've got something else to provide them that they're going to find valuable, running a, you know, just a one pound a day ad or one dollar a day ad is going to get you really, really good returns. And that's the great thing about Facebook ads is if you've got an audience that isn't necessarily very big. Now, Let's take a membership site where you've maybe got, if you've got an audience of 2,000 members, which is a great number for a membership site, but from a Facebook ad point of view, it's not actually a very large number. You could run probably five pound a day ads for a week and reach every single one of those people. And I'm asking very good, but I think that's about 35 pounds. Now, you're most likely going to make a few sales from every single one of those people seeing your ads. So if you spend 35 pounds and you're trying to sell them something for, I don't know, 500 pounds, whatever, mm-hmm. that's where you get those crazy return on investment 
know, screenshots and stuff that people... That's massive, isn't it? I'm just thinking for me, because I'm selfishly, folks, sorry, I'm going to take on a Kennedy-only tangent for a minute. But for me, I have a membership program and I have a live event, which is an additional thing. I've never, I'm just like face palming right now. I've never thought about running ads on Facebook or across the channels to the members saying, hey, why don't you buy it? Why don't you? Because it's the, most, it's the best targeting in the world, isn't it? It's hey, the best targeting mem- in the world. Member of name of program here. Yeah, like, absolutely. Hey, you remember this thing? It's awesome, isn't it? Do you want to hang out in London in, in September? Yeah, yeah. please. And you, know, and you know, the worst case scenario that will ever happen with that is that you'll get some of the people not buying, but they'll comment and going, oh, I love your content, liking it, commenting, sharing yeah, social it. proof. What a shame. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's, so, it's so powerful. It's, it's really, Gavin, cool. that's brilliant. That it's, was, yeah. One of the things you said there that I think it was interesting and makes total sense was that's going to be some of the highest return. That's going to be probably the highest return on investment ad spend that you can, you can get. In terms of when you're looking at that initial bit to get members in, we've obviously talked about, you know, uh, your ads that you're running to sort of make people aware of you. Like that's calling fine. out to them, the yes thing. Yeah. The ads that are running them to the membership site and mm. the ads that are retargeting them back to the membership site. As a sort of percentage, how do you sort of break down your ad spend budget? So I have, you know, X, you know, a thousand, anywhere from $100 a day to spend to $10,000 a day to spend. Mm. How do you percentage-wise break that down between the ads that are just designed to make people know who you are, the ads that are designed to get them into membership and the ads that are designed to retarget people who don't join in the first place how, how do you break that down yeah so it's gonna it's gonna be based on the audience number so if i a general rule of thumb if we've got a membership site that let's say we've got anywhere between a hundred and five thousand members let's say mm-hmm. to retarget people in the first you're probably going to have a number of like maybe five to twenty people signing up within the last three days so you could just run a one a day ad to people that have already just signed up that kind of retargeting ad that I spoke about Mm -hmm. so let's let's say like 1% of your budget goes to that and then you're probably going to want to put something in from a retargeting point of view I would probably spend around 10 to 20% of my budget that which is the real kind of like conversion drivers yeah. But because we are limited in the number of people that we can target there, it's not a scalable audience. We still keep our budget really small. And then 80% or 85 whatever percentage I've got left there goes to your cold audiences. And that is going to be a mixture of, let's say, probably maybe 60% of pure audience building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest going to maybe like a $1 trial, for example. Now, this everything with Facebook ads is a testing game. So if we find that the $1 trial works profitably, then you put all your budget into that. If it doesn't, then we need to focus our budgets onto audience building activities, which might be producing video content and promoting that video content out to people. And this is a, an area that a lot of people get wrong, which is most people will spend the majority of their budget in the trying to drive cold traffic into becoming a customer straight away without any idea of the kind of um, commitment level required. And they won't spend the money on promoting video content or promoting blog content or promoting the podcast. And I always find this amazing because they're they're called ad campaigns, not ads. (laughs) Right? It's a campaign. It's a number of touch points, right? 
100%. And then you run ads to a cold audience or you're retargeting and you wonder why it doesn't work. Well, what have you done or helped the people that you're targeting with before asking for their money? Yeah, exactly. Are we building a relationship? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I do understand it because if you're spending 80% of your budget, say, on driving views of video content, there's not necessarily a return on investment that you can tangibly see with that. Right. Which for a lot of maybe small business owners or people that haven't run a lot of Facebook ads before can find difficult. Mm -hmm. But if you've got your retargeting setup, and we're talking like a pound or two a day for the majority of people, and that you see that that retargeting campaigns are providing you good results, profitable results, then the only thing that's stopping us from getting better results is the number of people in that retargeting audience. And so that's when we that's when people get the confidence to spend more money in that cold audience building activity. That's why I always recommend that we start with the retargeting ads because we get an idea of them working and what sort of numbers are we talking about there, which gives us the confidence to just drive more people into those retargeting audiences. Yeah. And there's a, there is a big, there's a big piece of this, which is just the confidence, but you know, and just understanding that, you know, this is a long, this is a campaign. This is a multi-step, multi-touch point thing. We have to just go, no, I've set the budget to, to be that and we're going to play with it. And there has to be some level of, I like to think of it as fun money. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, even though it's not always fun. To experiment. But and yeah, 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 absolutely. You're going to just learn the game. Like if we, the first time you go into a casino or play cards with friends, you, you expect to like learn the game. So, Listen, Gavin, we're now going to interrupt proceedings for the second time. And I have to apologize for this in advance, but we're going to play our second and personally our favorite game of the podcast. Yes. Now, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Gavin. But he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. You are, mate. You are kidding. That's right. That's the song. I've just given him the song he's going to sing on the lyrics on the screen. And he's going to (laughs) sing this for you now in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And in fact... Colin here in our office is just about to leave and he's going to hang he's around. Back. He's, he's packed his bag. He's going to hang he's around waiting. in order to hear what the song is. That's how exciting this is in our <laughs> office when we record this podcast. So your job, Gavin, and of course, dear listeners at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy sings when he gets to the end. So, and don't worry, he won't sing the whole song. No. Off you go. Any idea? Was it Chelsea Dagger? Yes, it was! You are the first person in months to get it! Well done. When Rob got the scuffle, there's just that. no way. I have to do the little bit. There's no even blim lyrics. Did Chelsea Dagger. Folks in the office, did you get it? No, <laughs> nothing. No, <laughs> so. team responds to it. Never mind. Uh, Gavin, this has been awesome. We're now going to jump over into what we call the quick fire round. Hey, hey. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. Bring it on. Book you'd recommend? Um, I've got it in my head and I can't remember. It is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Classic. I love it. Absolutely love it. Can you give us one of your top success habits? My, yes. Break your, what's your big goals? Break it down into yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, and then break those down into daily tasks. So you've got 
you're always thinking with the longer term thing in mind. I like that because it can be just intimidating, can't it? Which entrepreneurs or marketers is it that you look up to, Gavin? Well, there's a wide, wide range. I like to take inspiration from lots of different people, lots of different things. But mm-hmm. um, Gary Vaynerchuk's a big one for me. I know it's a cliche, but, but I like his chat. Okay, okay. I like his chat. <laughs> That's the most Edinburgh thing you've ever said, isn't it? What are your favorite apps that you think are super cool and everyone should know about? My favorite app. Uh, I've been doing a bit of tracking of my sleep recently. So there's an app called uh, AutoSleep, oh. which connects to my Apple Watch. And in the morning, I get data on how long I slept, how long was deep sleep. And I find that really interesting, trying to like optimize my sleep. Hmm. Love that. It's really become the thing, hasn't it? A big important question for you. Who do you like more, redhead Rob or platinum head Kennedy? You know, I was waiting for this question and I've been thinking about how to answer it. And I had an answer in my head, which was, I am an Aberdeen fan. Aberdeen always play in red. However, when I thought about this answer, I realized that the Aberdeen away strip is white. So um, I'm stuck, but I'm wearing a red t-shirt today. So I apologize. I'm going for the redhead. There we go. There you go. He's fagging the game. (laughs) Finally. Gavin, tell us, where can people go and find out more about you? Yeah, you can find me at Mr. Gavin Bell anywhere on the internet. My my website's mrgavinbell.com. But Instagram's probably the best place to slide into those DMs with any questions. Love your style. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining us. This has been awesome. This has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Gavin. It's been a pleasure and it's been a laugh. Thank you. So your next event's going to sell out in the next eight minutes, isn't Mate, it? That was massive for me. I can't even... Be- you know when you see something, you hear somebody say something, you go, that is just blindingly obvious. Why the hell have I not been doing that? And there, then there it is. There is a really good thing to pull out of that, though. And that is, it's hard. I've always struggled with the idea of how do I run ads to an audience that is so, so small? So in the grand scheme of things. So you might have, you know, like you said, somebody with a couple of thousand members, that's, that's a great audience for a membership site. That's it a great is. number of people to pay you every month. For sure. But it's a very small audience in Facebook's in eyes. Facebook like world, yes. you, would, you would rarely try and run an ad to a couple of thousand yeah, people. Put, put a quid a day on. And Sounds hello. like you're putting it on the horses. Does, yeah. uh, put a quid a day on, back and, the horses. Uh, but you are, you're back in the horses which are already running your race metaphor metaphor i'm here all week thank you you thank you so loads of great stuff in there for anyone running a membership site i know as i said i've currently just re-released a new membership site or released a new membership site not using ads right now but i'm definitely going to yes and definitely going to be following gavin's stress you've got to and if you if you i didn't take any notes don't worry about it we've put all the notes for you over at blog.responsesweet.com slash zero seven zero indeed episode seven again if you haven't already, please do us a massive favor. A massive favor. We are begging you. Please. It not even makes pr- a massive difference. Not even proud about it. Just begging. Well, get on your knees when you do this. Go on, <laughs> do it. Do it. On your knees. Was that, that was the creaking noise. That was the creaking thing. microphone. microphone stand. Go. go on. Beg them. There we go. Please just take a few minutes out of your valuable day to help a needy marketer um, and head over to responsesuite.com forward slash iTunes. That's where you can leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Or of course, you can do it through whatever podcast network you listen to us on wherever that is on the internet. Lovely stuff. We'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. And we have got a beauty for you. Well, I'm not going to tell you too much more. We'd like to reveal who the guests are before they're on. So uh, see you next week. I've got dusty knees now. Don't miss a thing. thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.